Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Well, Dr. Dyer, do you want to go right to our callers today? I'd love to. I've been away into... for... I've been traveling and away. They've been playing uh, record, you know, previously recorded shows, and now we're live. So, yeah, I'd love to do that. Oh, wonderful. Let's hear who's out there. Yeah, hear what kind of ideas are swirling around mm-hmm. out there right now, especially with all the new material you brought out with your last book. How about if we go with line two? We've got Lori right here in our hometown, San Diego, California. Lori, welcome to the program today. Thank you. Hi, Lori. You're live on air with Dr. Dyer. Hi. Um, Dr. Dyer, I um, am going to be 50 next year, and I just dedicated the last 11 years of my life to a very prominent family and um, built my husband-to-be's business. We were supposed to be married this year, and he gave me a really bad prenup to sign, and I just walked away. So I don't have a lot of self-confidence because I was taken care of. And I just don't know where to start over here. You just walked away. How do you feel about uh, having walked away? Well, I'm crushed, actually, because I built this, I thought, what we had for all these years. And now, um, almost at 50, I'm starting over, and I just, I would like some direction. And, oh, by the way, I'm loving your books and your tapes, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. So. Thank you. I'm just curious about the, that you would walk away from um, a relationship in which it was so serious that you were going to get married uh, on the basis of uh, a no, legal document. Actually, I didn't. There must have been more to it than that. I didn't walk away. Um, I reacted badly to the prenup because it was so bad. and so What I, was bad about it? Um, I was offered basically nothing. Um, I was offered 10000 per year. That we were married. So if we were married for two years, I would get twenty thousand. Um, he wanted the ring back, the car back, everything. So it just crushed me because I dedicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I built his business from. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. I dedicated everything to them. So. Did you see that coming? I did not at all until I saw the prenup. Then it hit me mm-hmm. like a ton of bricks that I was worth nothing to him. That's the way well, I felt. Yeah. But, I mean, you're putting it into, like, into financial terms. Uh, what about, did you feel that you were worth anything to him on, like, spiritual terms or emotional terms, loving terms? Did you, did you have that kind of a, like, an intimate connection to this person? Or, or were you sensing that, that this was all about, uh, him getting all that he could out of you and then dumping you? Uh, no. No. It, you know, he's such a gentle, kind, almost, uh, he's a very nice man, and I thought we had a good friendship going there. So, mm-hmm. um, but the the very passionate, deep intimacy, I guess now that I look at it, is what I want, and I didn't have it. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it happened for the best. But like I'm how saying, long, how long ago was this? Um, just on my birthday on June seven, it happened mm-hmm. um, thirty days before that, and we were supposed to be married on seven seven seven. So it's just, you know, it's been a rough year. And uh, so wait, I just want to go into this. So he handed you a, a, a legal prenup. document dr- drawn up by an attorney, I assume. That's correct. Yeah. All right, and and so uh, and he handed this thing to you and said what? what no, what was the... it was on the desk. He went to a meeting and I read it and I called him mm-hmm. at the meeting and I said how disgusted I was and I probably said a few things that I shouldn't have. 
right. um, which I was emotionally reacting, and I, I sure. just couldn't believe how bad it was. And mm-hmm. so after the fact, I moved into the guest house and, uh, you know, stayed there for a couple months and, and trying to figure this out, and it was almost like a death. And then he handed me a document that said, um, get out of my house in 30 days, and I have done nothing to this man but love him and be mm-hmm. the most dedicated woman to him and um, in the community, and and people have been calling me now and saying, you know, how how it's his loss and and you know it's nobody's fault but it just so what has been his what has been his reaction since then just just one of um, well anger and pushing you away business-like because his father's very strong um -hmm. in the community so he's not that strong so it's very business-like and Mm -hmm. now i'm finding the anger starting to come for him whereas for me it was like a death at the the beginning so i'm Mm -hmm. kind of feeling like i'm getting over it rather well and every time i get a negative reaction i go into a positive and i have Mm -hmm. all these new friends that you know are your fans and that have been supportive of me but i i just feel like now he's getting angry where he's like and and Uh you know i'm doing nothing different you're still in communication with him only via email and Mm -hmm. uh yeah i am in communication with him yes you see, some, there's something that, that tells me it's not over yet with, between you two, and I'm, and that's what I'm fishing for here is that there's something, there's something that is still connecting you to this man because if he had presented you with uh, a document that, uh, that was so horrible that it just caused you to even say things you didn't mean and turn you, you know, just into like an angry, angry woman, um, I just, I'm just curious how that, uh, um, uh, how that could be, how it could still be something that you're still thinking about, and then he's he he can get you angry now, and he can send you emails, and you're going back and forth. It's almost like the two of you are playing this game, and you haven't really resolved um, the fact that you both loved each other, and you've let something external to yourself, probably influence of his father, sounds it like it. It's only um, the external of the family, and what happened is um, in Cabo San Lucas one night at dinner. We have some friend, lots of friends that live down there, and we went out, and I had a little too much wine, and I this was right after I got the prenup, and I should have never went down there on vacation again with mm-hmm. the house. And mm-hmm. I said, how could you do this to me? And I started in, and, and this other couple um, called his father and said that I was, you know, not mm, very nice and all this stuff. So after that, the father called him to his office and said, John, um, we can't tolerate this kind of behavior. She's emotional, and she's um, not reacting well, and we can't have that in our family. Right. How long were you two together? Eleven years. Eleven years? Yes. You lived together that long? Um, worked together. I started in his business 11 years ago and built it. So, But uh, lived as man and a man and wife or, or lovers together? Years. and Eight years. Eight years. Eight years. So eight years of uh, of all of this, and you're 50, and he's what? How old is he? He's 58. He's 58. And, and I'm and 49. You... I'm going to be 50 in June. Don't I, rush I, it. I know. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rush it, please. <laughs> right. You said it, not me. I'm just giving it back. Um, 
I, I, you know what? I think you've got unresolved issues with this person. I really think you ought to work them out, and I think that uh, you ought to push aside everything that's in that uh, prenuptial agreement and uh, all of the the legal stuff that goes into that that caused you to be so angry. Take your attention off of stuff. How much of it you're going to get? Putting a price tag on what you're worth on the basis of what he is offering. All of that is uh, external kinds of things that other people are doing, and. Um, and try to reconnect to him in the way that you felt most loving and most uh, positive. Uh, that's that's A. Or B, if you think that he, who he is, reflects what was in that uh, what was in that prenuptial that's agreement. That's correct. Uh, and that's really who he is. And he's this cheap person who doesn't uh, appreciate you. And he's uh, you know done all of these terrible things to you. Then you should be in a total, complete state of gratitude that uh, you found that out before it was too late. And, um, and, and begin the process of, uh, of opening yourself up to allowing yourself to, uh, to have your number one priority, your number one relationship, not to be one of another man, where, uh, but to be, uh, one in which you are connected to God. Those are A, those are A and B. I think A is appropriate. I think you're still in love with this man. And I, and I think he is too. I very strongly sense that. And you've just let all of these other things and incidents and people and events and what they've said, become uh, something that has taken apart. Obviously, if you were angry and hated this man as much as the, that prenup uh, indicated, you wouldn't be doing emails and you wouldn't be having this communication. And uh, there's something there. Your heart still your heart still loves this man, even though he, he behaved think, like a jerk. Yeah, I don't think he's capable of the love that I need. And the, the most of the emails are re- business-related, so... Mm-hmm. Um, well, but I'm not talking about necessarily be, getting back and being in a. Uh, I'm I'm talking about forgiveness here. I'm talking about you know getting past the anger and the hatred. You can't move on as long as you are hanging on to all of your anger and hurt and so on. And if you could just practice, just put into practice an act of uh, divine forgiveness, and understand that all of the other stuff, that all of these thoughts that are going on in your head. If you were to muscle test yourself and do kinesiology on it, you would find yourself getting very, very weak because of uh, what is going on in your mind all the time. You're having dialogues all the time about how wrong he was and about how right you were and how he shouldn't have done this and how you put his business together and he doesn't appreciate it and he's still a baby who's, uh, whose father is telling him what he can have and not have in his family. Uh, and, and all of that stuff that you're going on, that, that just a little bit of it has come out in this brief uh, conversation that we're having. Uh, is just is keeping you from from being in a loving, positive state. You have to put a light around this person and forgive him, and uh, and 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 you know send him love, surround him with love, send him some flowers, send him some books, and and put that into in, in that context. Then you'll be, as it says in the Tao, the, the, a woman of Tao is kind to the kind and is kind to the unkind because kindness is her nature. It's the only thing that you can give away. If you can do that. Practice that forgiveness. Put that relationship back into a loving space, whether it's business or not. Um, whether you're together with him or not really is not even relevant. It's, that's not even the issue. Right. It's putting, putting all of this anger behind you. That's, that's the advice that I would give you, sweetheart. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Dyer. I, yeah. you know, I really needed to talk to you about this and, um, surround him with light. Go into your meditation right away. Yes, I will. And uh, and just surround him with light, and just understand he did what he knew how to do. And he sounds like he's he's a, a man who's easily manipulated. And I wouldn't be surprised if that prenup wasn't drawn up by him at all. It was probably drawn up by somebody else because he doesn't sound like he's the person 
who takes uh, control of his own life, he turns it over to other people, like oh, his exactly. father and like attorney. Totally. Controlled. And I'm sure that that prenup doesn't doesn't reflect how he feels about you after spending eight years with you. I'm just right. I'm, I'm positive. That's where the anger comes into from him yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Send him well, love. He's a very he's a he's a he's a He's a person who needs a, he needs a strong person around him and you are, you were that strong person. He, he, you know, he's constantly allowing other people to, uh, to control his life and, and to put things down in paper that he, I'm sure regrets. Yes, I'm sure of it. Send him love. Okay. Thank you so much for talking what, with me. Thank you. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Let us go then to our next caller who has been waiting for you. We have Mary on line five from Madison, Wisconsin. Mary, welcome to the program. You're live on air with Dr. Dyer. Hi. Dr. Hi, Dyer. Mary. Hi. Oh, I'm thrilled to talk to you. I've read so many of your books. I just got your newest one from the library. It's sitting right on oh, my Oh, wonderful. Nightstand. Um, you inspire so many people. I um, certainly have inspired me. Um, I am kind of, I've been a, a teacher, an educator, a classroom teacher for 20 years, and um, mm-hmm. I, I took 14 years to, to go part-time, and I did a, just a Title I remedial reading job, and it was a little lower stress and not as much work. I have three children, so um, they're getting older now and um, getting close to college, and so we thought we needed a little bit um, to help them out with college, and so I went back full-time this year, and I switched back to the classroom, and it's I don't know, it's just, it's just not a very good fit for me. And I don't know, I'm just feeling like, wow, I thought this was my calling. You know, I always thought, I don't know, it's just a funny feeling to be 43 and think, wow, what am I going to do now? Hmm. It's a wonderful feeling. Um, <laughs> I always think of the, uh, I don't know where it came from, but uh, it was that was then and this is now. Uh, and it, it might have been your calling at that time because everything that you've, uh, that you've been through in your life, um, brings you to, uh, where you are now. And all of those experiences, uh, uh, were absolutely necessary. So therefore they were part of a calling. Um, but your calling, you know, your calling uh, may have been satisfied there and there might be something much grander and much bigger or much different. It might not even be bigger or grander. It just might be something that's very different. Um, yesterday at the seminar, uh, a woman stood up, uh, and she <coughs> said that, uh, she had been, uh, um, uh, having, uh, suffering from an eating disorder for 22 years. And in those 22 years, she had every single day, she had, uh, she would binge and then she would purge and she would binge and she would purge and, and, um, and she was like very nervous about it and, uh, you know, her, uh, she was crying and it was very difficult, but she was also saying that, uh, now, uh, she had felt that she had really come, and, and on the entire weekend, she didn't even do that or even think about that. And she was talking about all the 22 years that she had wasted. And, um, and I was saying to her what I would say to you, that, uh, those 20 years or those 22 years or whatever it is that you did, they weren't wasted at all. They were, they brought you to this place where, uh, there's something inside of you that is saying, uh, I'm, I'm no longer going to be satisfied with doing um, what I was doing, I call this moving into the afternoon of your life. Mm-hmm. And in the afternoon of your life, it's really moving uh, from ambition. The morning of our life is the time of the ego, and it's the time when we really, um, almost everything that we do is based upon ambition, about reaching goals, about uh, doing the kind of, of work that I was that I trained myself to do, putting money away, all of those kinds of things, goal setting and so on. Um, that's all about ambition. Um, and then when you get past ambition, 
and ambition is no longer the the driving force in your life, um, it usually gets sub supplanted with something called meaning. Um, so that feeling purposeful, feeling connected to God, feeling as if uh, uh, you are fulfilling a, a, a destiny. Usually it's a creative destiny of some kind. And to I go back. I, yeah, it's hard. I, I guess I always felt that way with, with working with children. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. But but it isn't. It, it doesn't sound to me like Mary that it's um, you know that that you're really very far off with it. Uh, there's a, there's like a real strong sense of uh, there's more. There's more for me to do. There's some there's something that it's it's not touching it's not touching my soul any longer. Is that right? I don't think it is. But I yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what you know what. And to it's do not about, about it. it's really not about money, is it? Or or, or, or um. um well, a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, my husband is also a teacher, and, you know, so we want to, you know, be able to provide for our children. Um, so, so, yeah, I think a little bit is about money. You know, I do need to mm-hmm. work, too. Well, I think. I don't know. Well, I wonder. I always wonder about that. I, I always think about, um, you know, what, what a parent's responsibilities are towards their children and what, what you take on and whether it's something you believe that you should be doing. Or whether it's something that um, you have bought into, because our society almost tells us that that's what responsible parents do: and is they go and they work and they sacrifice and and they give that to their children, and and that's that's what it means to be a good mother and a good father, or good parents. And you know, maybe part of it is this job is taken away from you know me as a parent. Mm-hmm. You know what I can give my own children, because even though they're teenagers and preteens, they still need me. So yeah, so so whatever it is, Mary, whatever's going on inside of you, I would really recommend that you get very quiet with it, that you get very peaceful with it, and um, whether it's going into work every day or not, it's like taking each and every uh, moment that you have and putting yourself into a, into a place of uh, of divine love and a divine guide, you know, divine caring about about not only your children about but all children right. and go from that perspective and get into yeah. a state of gratitude for that yeah Probably need to you know what i mean I, I but you know even today we're working with children and working with you know the parents of the children i feel like you know i i feel kind of on purpose when i'm doing that it's yeah. all of the all of the other things you know that having to have them take the state tests and you know yeah. all, all the little you know that's and you know that requires a shift too because in the earlier state in the earlier times in your life when you were doing that for 20 years that that was probably just what you probably just assigned that to the category of it goes with the territory you know it just yeah. goes with the territory yeah. and now that, that that kind of stuff doesn't go with the territory any longer and what you want to do and what you want to be uh, is in 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 service mm-hmm. uh, in service mm-hmm. to you know to to your children to any children to what and <clears throat> And and you can really minimize that. I mean, that's uh, you know, to have that. St- a lot of times, that stuff is imposed on us. It's imposed on us by sets of rules mm-hmm. and regulations. And this is the way we do things. And this is and it has to be and all of that. And you you can create your own inner kind of set of rules that don't have anything to do with that and and bypass all of that. I'll tell you, there were years and years when I was teaching at a university when they had so much bureaucracy and so many forms to fill out and so many committees to go to and, you know, this endless kind of stuff that had nothing at all to do with what I wanted to do with my life. And I just decided that I wasn't going to do that. So that everything that came into my inbox, 
um, I just uh, I just would remove it. I just wouldn't I, w- I wouldn't even read this stuff. All the committee stuff, all the curriculum stuff, all of the because it just wasn't going to impact my life anyway. I was still going to teach in my university classroom the way that I was hired to teach, and I and all the rest of this stuff wasn't going to be a force or a factor in my life. And there was another guy in the office. His name was Gary Price, a wonderful man. He was a doctor, and he and, and he taught other classes. But he was one of these people that was really committed to you know all of these meetings and all of these folderol and all of these kind of things. And so every time there was any issue that would ever come up, I would just go over to, over to Gary's office, and he always had it exactly on his hand, and he would tell me exactly what to do. So I turned over to what he loved to him, and I just put all of my attention and all of my focus on my teaching and on my students and working with them, and I just let it go. And you have to sort of go inside of yourself and just decide that I'm going to run. I'm 43 years old, and I've been doing this a long time, and I know how to do it, and I know how to be a good mother, and I know how to be a good teacher, and I'm going to do it this way. And the rest of that stuff, as much as I can, I'm going to push aside and dismiss or let other people who really like that sort of thing handle it. And I'm going to make each one of my days focused on what I'm, my purpose is. That would be my advice and to you. Block, block out the negativity around me. There's Absolutely. Problems with the coworkers. It's hard to do that. No, oh, but see, that's the mistake you're making right now, Mary. Is, uh, you're saying it's hard to do that. And, and the minute that you say it's hard to do that, the universe will re- will offer you experiences that match up to that. So why would you want to create experiences that match up to it's going to be hard? Why not say it's going to be easy? I'm going to do it, and uh, and what other people out there think or do whatever it is is just is totally theirs. I'm just going to be that uh, I'm going to be that peaceful place, and that's where that's who I am, and that's what I'm going to give out to, and I'm going to start it right now. Mm-hmm. I can try doing that. I, I will do that. There you go. There you go. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.